We work. Where did you go wrong? I hope everyone's doing well. Andre Hatchley here with the Hatchley Podcast. This is one a little bit different because I'm actually giving input on a business that I'm actually a have been a customer of since 2017. My first office was a WeWork location, and I've and, I, and I've been to or been a member of locations in Miami, multiple. So in Florida, one. Yeah, Miami, five or six in Georgia. Two in San Francisco, one in Oakland, three in two in Dallas, a bunch in New York, and I was able to hold a lot of my in-person workshops. So if you guys have seen um, input pictures of me having workshops at WeWork because they have great spaces for workshops. All right, where do they go wrong? First of all, what is WeWork? Co-working space. So think of a bunch of companies, Grubhub. Facebook, Amazon, smaller companies, uh, tech companies, or just solo entrepreneurs, people like me, who do business but don't want to work from home. We rent either an office or what they call a general working desk. So, so, so we just go to a desk or a table and just or a couch and just hang out all day and do our work. And we're able to use we're able to get a lot of tea, coffee. I don't drink coffee, but a lot of tea. And, that, and they used to have fruit water there before COVID. They used to have fruit water and just vibes. Really good atmosphere. They nailed the they nailed the atmosphere. That's that's what they really thrived on is the atmosphere. And that's what it is. So co-working space, if you don't want to work from home, if you work for a big company, a lot of big companies rent out even a couple of floors at all at, at co-working spaces to save on money. So they don't have to have a whole building, they just have what they need. Very good business model. I even wanted to have co-working spaces back in the day. All right. So that's what we work is. They their stock price a year and change ago, four hundred dollars at its peak. Their stock price was four hundred dollars at its peak. Now it is eighty-four cents. How do you go from four hundred dollars to eighty-four cents in a year and change? Fam. So here's what I think they did wrong. Have you ever seen a company or have you, have you ever grown too fast? Now, it's kind of contradictory to what some people might say, but I've seen it backfire and it's backfired for me and it's worked for me. So some people just have this thing, yo, I'm going for the gusto, baby. I'm going for the gusto. Win, lose, or draw, I'm going for it. Sink or swim. They raise. How much money did we work raise? $12.8 $12.8 billion since 2010. And their company is estimated to be worth about $326 million now. What's that math, guys? You go from $12.8 billion to $326 million. What a freaking loss. All right. Scaling is great. But go to their website. See how many locations they have in close proximity to each other. So in Atlanta, Georgia, where I'm at currently, uh, most of the time at least, they built two offices in Buckhead within a five-minute walk from each other. They built two offices, I mean, nice ones, fly ones, in Buckhead, a a five-minute walk from each other. I thought that was wild. I was like, damn, why are they doing this? But they did it. Uh, They have at least six or seven in Georgia. They closed one or two of them, they built a lot. One indicator still open, Stanley Springs. 
don't know if they're going to keep that one open, but they have a lot of offices in close proximity. Look up Manhattan. And on the edits, let's show the map of how many offices they have in such a close location. You can grow your business too fast. How do you know? This is the thing. You don't always know. It's it's It can be sink or swim. Do you go all in on what you got or do you just keep growing and growing and growing until the money runs out? So this is where you have to decide what works best for you. With growth comes risk. Are you willing, are you prepared for the failure? Are you prepared if things go wrong? Okay. I feel everyone in the chat too. Are you prepared if things go wrong? Can you handle if things go wrong? So I, back in the day, uh, was too advantageous with real estate. Oh, I just wanted more property. More property, the better. Got into some bad deals. Got taken advantage of. Too eager. Ended up losing everything. Filing Chapter 7 bankruptcy. Opposed to if I just would have kept on going at a steady pace, which I was doing, about a property every year. Uh, I started at 22. So, so, so let's just say that I, I was able to keep it going with a property every year. At 30, I would have had eight properties. At 30, I would have had eight properties opposed to me trying to get three in one year and bad deals sunk. Luckily, I was able to keep the first two properties that I got, but I lost the next three. But what if I just would have slowed down a bit? One a year would have been eight properties by 30. Is that not a win? Is eight properties by 30 by 30 not a win? But then there's the momentum, adrenaline. Yo, this makes sense. You go for it. There's no perfect way to time the market. There's no perfect, there's no crystal ball for investments. But when I saw them building all the building out all these uh offices, I was like, yo, this and they're nice too. Perfect place to have a conference, small conference workshop. I I I I had comp. I worked just all like literally all over the country. Like that was my place to have my workshops. That was my place to have my one-on-one coaching sessions. It just worked. Okay, what could they have done differently? So this is I don't know their dynamics, but when I saw they were having trouble, I looked at the prices on their website. I thought they should. So I thought they should have slashed the prices. Why would they slash the prices? Because the offices were empty. They had this beautiful location in Atlanta that I was a member of, and the place was empty, maybe 25% occupied, maybe. Slash the price. Just slash it. Get somebody in there. So in business, there's... Uh, I've seen people say, well, Gucci doesn't cut their price, or or Gucci doesn't advertise or, or give discounts. You ain't Gucci, fam. Knowing your price is one thing, but knowing what to do, knowing when to pivot to keep yourself in business is another. Don't let pride and ego keep you broke. Know when to pivot. Know when to switch it up. Why didn't they slash the price? I don't know. I mean, twenty fly office too. Maybe 25% occupied. I thought it was insane. Here's something else that I thought they should have did. So they take payments once a month, right? So, so you have to pay them once a month for your membership. I thought they should have taken bi-weekly payments or weekly payments. Now, it probably would have been more of a hassle, and it might have cost more via credit card processing. But what if they even would have passed some of the processing fees on to the client, 
onto the customer. And instead of the customer maybe paying four four hundred bucks a month, uh, they pay one ten a month four times a week. Cut the cost. Give more flexible payment options. No one is time to pivot. No one is time to adjust. Even if you're breaking even, even if you're breaking even, you're still in business. You're still even. So. I thought they should have made offered more flexible payment options instead of paying once a month, have bi-weekly payments or payments four times a month, even if they had to split the credit card fees with some of the customers. All right. Uh, rent out the big office conference rooms to non-members. I think they might have start, started to do that towards the end, but one, they didn't promote it much. Yeah, they, yeah that was it. They just didn't promote it much. People need rooms to hold workshops. People need rooms to work out of. Go hand, go, go out the house. Say, hey, are you having a conference? Here goes this room. Look at the pictures. $150 for the day, $250 an hour, whatever the price is. Get out there and go meet people who aren't in the building. But say, hey, if you need a space for a day or Saturday or what have you, you can rent this space. Why didn't they go pursue people who weren't who didn't have a membership but who needed a, an office space for a day for a workshop and promoted to them companies can get so used to doing things their way they don't know when to pivot i've been there too you got to know when to pivot guys you might not need to give up but you might need to pivot you might not need to give up but you might need to pivot do you know when to pivot with your business currently are you in a time where things are low, hit or miss, sink or swim? And are you stubbornly holding on to the way you're doing things because that's the way you've always done things? How I know that somebody will lose in business is when they say this line, yo, that's the way I always do it. I've all, this is who I am. I've always done it this way. That might put that one sentence might put you out of business damn they raised almost 13 billion dollars 13 let me read this again am i bugging here 12.8 billion dollars since 2010 now the market cap rate is 326 million dollars Now I know COVID happened and I which hit the commercial real estate market hard. Cool. And, and and I believe that they were trying to renegotiate their leases. Cool. But fam, they just kept on building, kept on building, kept on fill out those offices. Half the price, one third of the price, fill out the office. More isn't always better. More isn't always better. It seems like it, but it's not. I'm going to share this. Let's watch this together. For our next story, let's begin with a graph. It really sums up the whole thing. This is the share price of WeWork. I'm sure you've heard about this company. It provides shared working spaces. In January 2021, WeWork shares were healthy. Look at the price, more than $400 per share. But since then, it's been a constant and rapid decline. Look at what it's worth today, just $1. So in 
So from $400 to $1 in just two years. Reports say the company is filing for bankruptcy. They haven't confirmed it yet, but rumor is it could happen next week. So the obvious question is, what happened? Why did WeWork not work? Let's look at the company's history. WeWork was founded in 2010. Their idea was quite interesting. Normally, office buildings are rented out by companies, maybe a floor, maybe the, the entire building, but the rented area used to be exclusive. Only that company worked there. But WeWork tried something new. They created office floors, lounges, desks, and meeting rooms. You could just pay and use them. If you want just one desk, you can get that. If you want a meeting room, same thing. The idea was to share the work area. It was supposed to attract freelancers, also companies that could not afford full-fledged offices. So for a while, it worked. WeWork was valued at $47 billion in 2019. It became a startup success story. But how did things go wrong? Well, the pandemic was one reason. Coming to office did not make sense anymore. So coming to a shared office made even less sense. People just worked from home. And that was a problem for WeWork. They had long-term leases with the building owners. The average was around 15 years. But their customers had much shorter leases. The average was two years. Now, do you see the problem here? WeWork had to keep paying for 15 years, but their revenue stopped after two years, hence the problem. But that alone did not collapse the company. Some really bad business decisions were made, like overexpansion. Just look at how many offices they had. 777 work locations, 39 countries. All of this while bleeding money. It was a rookie mistake. WeWork saw that their business model worked in some US cities, so they thought it will work everywhere. Well, news flash, it did not. Shared workspaces are not just about economics, it's also about work culture, about employee preferences. The company forgot that, and now they're suffering. And it's not just geographic expansion. It's also the services. WeWork diversified into other things, like We Live, which was called a residential utopia, and Rise by We. It was supposed to be a wellness network. Those things had nothing to do with workspaces, yet the company put money into them, and the result was this, a lot of debt. Their long-term loans are worth $3 billion. Their leases are worth $13 billion. And now WeWork cannot make those payments, hence the reports of bankruptcy. Now, the leadership must take the blame here, especially this man, Adam Newman. He was the first CEO of WeWork. People say he was a very charismatic figure. He sold the idea of WeWork to investors. Japan SoftBank was one of them, one of the investors. They've pumped tens of billions of dollars into this company. It wasn't enough, though. In 2019, WeWork tried to go public. That's when their business model was put under the microscope. And experts realized it was not sustainable. As a result, the company's valuation plummeted. I said it was worth $47 billion in 2019. By 2021, it was worth just $9 billion. And today, around $140 million. Adam Newman got lucky, though. He exited the company in 2019. Guess what his payout was? $1.7 billion. This isn't just the story of WeWork, though. It's the story of many startup firms across the world. Their CEOs expand too fast. They have no patience to build something that is sustainable. And in the end, they collapse. We have one in India, too. It's called Baiju's. 
But remember one thing, when companies go bust, it's not just a headline. It's also many lives destroyed. In 2019, WeWork fired 2,400 employees. And now many more jobs are on the line. So my point is quite simple. When you start a company, you also have a responsibility to your investors, to your workers, and to the society at large. It's not just about mindless expansion plans. Companies like WeWork did not just forget the basic rule of business, they forgot the basic rule of life. You sit first and then stretch your legs. If you get that order wrong, you end up on the floor. The rise and the fall of WeWork. So uh, in your business, you might be facing hard times if you haven't yet. You probably will just just appear for it. I hope you don't, but you probably will. What do I recommend you do when you are facing hard times? Do you need another restaurant that you own yourself or do you need to sell franchises? Now, I can't answer these questions for you, especially here on this call. But speak to an expert. But don't just speak to an expert. Speak to a paid coach or consultant who's not invested in the business. Get a third objective party who is not involved in your business, who you're paying just for their time and to bounce idea or, or to, to bounce ideas off of why do I say pay them? Because I want your full attention. Or maybe I could pick your brain, man, fam. I want your full attention and I don't want you to hold back with information. All right. So that's step one. You, you have two restaurants, you think about growing a third or fourth. That might be the right move. Or it might be time for you to hire uh, a business consultant or a franchisee, franchise or expert to help your franchise have other people take over the operations. So you sell the franchise. Let's say you have a $100,000 fee for them to use your name and your likeness. You have what the build out and they run the business. You get 7, 12% of the royalties. Knowing when it's time for what is huge. For your current business that you have now, have you extracted all income sources from the business before you start to expand or build another business? For example, let's say that I'm an author. I'm an author. What have I done besides sell the books? You could buy my books as well. 25 bucks. I sign copies. Have I had a workshop around the books? Have I had a book signing? Have a have I had a three-day curriculum training around the book? This book is about black men. It's, it's the black man's guide to wealth creation in America. Have I had a three-day workshop showing black men how to build wealth? See, I just gave you three to four things. Three to four. <sighs> Three or four ways in which you could build more income around one book. So people go wide instead of deep. Let's look in depth. How many ways can we extract income from this one thing? Uh, people move on quickly because business is boring. Growth is boring. Death is boring. Business is boring. Growth is boring. Depth is boring. It just looks fun. Or has times where it's fun, but the part that you don't see, I was going around from camera to camera. Maybe I could show you guys. For 10 minutes, I was like, man, I don't even want, I don't want to record this video. I said that. 
which camera to use, which one's better, which light is better, which light is better. Then I guess they skip it. It now I'm having fun. Now I'm in a groove, right? But it was annoying to get here. And the annoyance is where the growth comes, and that's where the profits are. But people quit before the annoyance. People quit because they don't want to endure the annoyance. The more annoyance you can develop, the more money you make. Death. How many... This is a good case study for my next video or two. How many businesses, how many restaurants that have over 20 locations are self-run, meaning that the original owners own all 20 locations? Or did they build 10 or 20 themselves and start the franchise? I wonder when restaurants generally start the franchise. Interesting case study. Uh, Ego. From what I've heard, the original owner who's out now was an egomaniac. Again, it's just what I heard, allegedly. Didn't take orders, didn't listen to anybody. He was just on a rampage. I've seen people with their businesses say these words. We can never fail. We can't lose. The people will always support us. Then I've seen them six months, a year later, being be really jacked up because they were overconfident. Uh, it's in the books, the, the Art of War in these books, overconfidence. Playing it too cool. You think you're too cool for school? You can't lose. It's always going to be up. Overconfidence can destroy your business. Keep a sense of humility with some arrogance because you do need some arrogance to grow. It's humility mixed with a slight bit of arrogance. But when you assume that you are too big to fail, your competitors can never reach you, it's over. Stay hungry. Stay anxious. Stay on it. Stay hungry. Stay anxious. Stay on it. Hope this helps you guys. We'll see what happens with WeWork. I I would be very surprised if they go out of business. I think they're going to close about 40 to 60% of their locations in the next six to nine months. I think they're going to close 40 to 60% of their locations within within the next six to nine months. We'll see what happens. Hope you guys enjoyed this video. Next one coming soon. All right, peace. 